0: Hello, I'm back with another episode of In Defense of the Gospel, and I'm really excited about this podcast. This podcast is going to actually follow up with what I talked about in the last episode. On the last episode, I talked about protecting your passion. On this episode, I want to talk about the mark of maturity, the mark of a mature Christian. I was reading in Colossians the other day, and I read different translations of the Bible. And one translation that I'm reading now, which is basically it's a translation that focuses just on the New Testament with a couple of books from the Old Testament, but it's called the Passion Translation. And so I was reading Colossians, which happened to be one of my favorite books in the Bible. And so I was reading Colossians chapter three and then verse 14 said in part B of this scripture, it said, love becomes the mark of true maturity. And that just really stood out to me when I read it, because I was like, man, amen. And so many times that like you know I've thought about this, and and when I read that, it just stood out to me because I'm like one of the things that's big on me, and one of these one of the reasons why I even do this podcast is I love discipleship, I love the Word of God, I love teaching the Word of God, I love sharing the Word of God, but the reason why I like that is because i'm, I'm I love when people of God, when we can apply the Word of God, you know we don't want to just be readers of the word, we don't want to just be hearers of the word, but we also want to be doers of the word. And so this is something that really stood out to me because, unfortunately, love is something that a lot of times we get wrong in church. And what I mean by that is, like, you know, I've been in situations, this isn't the harp on the bad, but I've been in situations to where I didn't see love being exemplified. by sometimes people who had a high rank or high position in the church, and I tell you, when you experience that, it's so discouraging. You know, it's so, uh, you know, it just makes you feel some kind of way because I'm like, man, you know, if if I'm being treated like this in the church, you know, I'm, sometimes people feel like they got treated by, you know, better by people outside of the church in the world. And sometimes that's been my experience. Like, if I felt like people who lived in the world who didn't even profess to be Christian Christians, you know, were better at loving me than people who were in the church. And that shouldn't be the way. That shouldn't be the case. The Bible says, Jesus said, the world will know that you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. And so that means that if we don't get anything right in the church, we should get love. Love should be our main characteristic because the Bible says God is love. And if so, we're going to be, you know, examples of God or imitators of God as dear children, as the Bible says. If we're going to walk as Jesus walked, then that means love needs to be uh, something that we exemplify in the body of Christ. It needs to be something that we exemplify in church. But I like how you say love becomes the mark of maturity because really you have to be a mature Christian to show love. And one of the reasons why you have to be a mature Christian to show love is because it's really an act that's beyond you. Hallelujah. That's good. Love is an act that's beyond us because when we think about it, God is love. Love is really supernatural. You have to really be supernatural and and empowered by the Holy Ghost to really love properly. Sometimes when we get in our feelings, we want to react. We want to get revenge. We want to respond when somebody might wrong us or offend us. But that's not walking in love. Walking in love is being able to forgive and forgive, forgive that person and forget, you know, and throw it in the sea of forgiveness like God does our sins. But man, sometimes we don't always do that. But I'm, that's why I love how it says the, the mark of maturity is love, and that's that's something that I challenge us and I want us to aspire to be become as we walk out our Christian faith, whether we do this individually in our own personal life. Or because if we do it individually in our personal life, then it'll the flow corporately to when we gather in our church settings and when we gather in conventions and, and um, revivals and things like that. When we have meetings, if we do it in our personal life, we'll do it in our corporate life. And that's so important because love is how the world is going to know that we're different. Our love for one another is going to be like the greatest example of why we were different. You know, a lot of times people want to look at the church, and they want to say, "Well, what was your life like pre Christ and BC before Christ versus after Christ?" Because people like to look at our lives, and they like to see a transformation. They like to see a difference. Because if they can see a difference in our life, then maybe there's some credence or there's some reality to this faith thing that we profess. Whereas on the other hand, if they don't see a difference, that's when they like to label us a hypocrite. You know, as even the time the Bible was the word the Christian was used in the Bible the first time in the Book of Acts. That wasn't a term of endearment when they said Christians, but it was a mark of it was an identification mark. And so the world is still doing the same thing. They're looking at the church and they're wondering, what is the mark of identification? How can I identify a true believer when I see one? How can I know a true believer for myself? And one of the ways you can know a true believer is by the love that they show. And I love that because that's so easy to identify. We know when we're loved properly versus when we're not. And while we all have different experiences with love or even different interpretations of love, generally, we all know what love is supposed to feel like. Love is sacrificial. Love is selfless. It doesn't always put itself first. Love thinks about others. You know, love would do no harm to other people. And I and that's one of the things I wish we really would get right. I know sometimes we feel like because of the relationship that somebody might have with us, that that gives them a license to harm us. But that's really not the case. You know, have you ever been in a situation or you know somebody who says, well, you know, that's my my brother, so, you know, they could treat me this way, or this is my, my parent, these are my parents, and so they could treat me this way. Well, listen, just because somebody has a certain relationship with you doesn't give them a license to treat you badly, and sometimes I feel like even in church, we kind of get that wrong, because sometimes we feel like because of somebody's position that they have the ability to talk to you some kind of way or treat you some kind of way, and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't be long-suffering or enduring on certain things or patient, and we should be, because that's what love is, but at the same time, it's like, why are you treating me like this? Or why are you not, you know, why are you not exemplifying love? Because if I should expect anything out of a mature believer, it's that you should walk in love. And this is why it's important because we don't, the whole goal of us going to church and reading the Bible and studying the Bible is so we can become transformed. We can become like Christ. And we really become like Christ when we walk in love. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus loved us so much that the Bible says he despised the shame. That means Jesus, he counted the cost and he, he deemed us worthy. He wanted to feel the call of God and the will of God over his life so much that he counted up the cost and he still did what he did out of love for us. And so the least we can do is exemplify the same love toward one another. And how do we exemplify love? Be selfless. Think about ways you can impact your community. You know, spread words of encouragement. Try to be, in, try to be a light. In a dark land, try to be a, a, positive person. Try to be a positive influence. You know, you can donate to schools. You can have an impact in your community. You can be, you can give to someone in need. You can be hospitable. Sometimes you could just be present. Sometimes your presence alone is enough for people because maybe they just need an ear to, for someone to listen to their situation. Pray for people. There's a lot of different ways we can show love, but it's important that we do. Because this is the mark of a mature Christian, that we got love right, that we love one another as the Bible commanded us, and that the world was able to identify us by our love. And that's so important because, like I said, our goal in life is to be mature Christians. We don't want to come to church and stay the same that we've been. We want to grow. And one of the marks of our growth is our ability to love one another. I'm not gonna have this podcast it's not gonna be long. It's not gonna be a long episode. But I hope I hope you I hope this scripture resonates with you. Go back and read it in different translations. It doesn't, you know, it says different things in different translations. Other translations talk about unity. Uh, and that's important because like I said, that's a mark of love as well. Because I tell you, like if we can get love right individually, we can get love right corporately. And man, how how think about how powerful our churches could be if we got love right. Because let me tell you one of the things I noticed about churches where we're on one accord, like when we're loving each other and we're, there's no animosity amongst us, there's no discord, but we're all in harmony and we're all on one accord. That's really a ground place for miracles to happen. When we are on one accord, I've been in churches where we've been on one accord and it was a move of God because there was no distraction. All of our focus was on worshiping God. We all had pure hearts. There was no ill will toward anybody. God loves it when we move like that and when we live like that because it's an opportunity for him to really show himself strong. And that's what God wants to do amongst us. He wants to show himself strong. But he can't show himself strong amongst us if we don't get love right because that's who he is. He can't show up in a place where he's not. He can't show up in a place where he's not. That's why we have to get love right because when we get love right, we're inviting him in because he's already in us. Because that's who he is. We've invited him in. The Holy Spirit is in us. And he's the tri, you know the trinity. He's the third part of the trinity. The Holy Spirit. He's in us. And he's love. Because he's God. And so we have to show this in our life. This is a challenge for us to walk in love. And when you do walk in love, you will see that God will bless you. Because I've been reading the book of Proverbs lately. And I, I'm, I'm noticing how much righteousness is a trend. But one of the things that I notice about Proverbs and righteousness is that it says how God's favor will be upon you. It talks about how God will bless the righteous. Your life will be so different and so blessed and so full of God's favor if you could just walk in love. God bless you.